Today, I welcome Carrie Jessup to the Rude Growth Podcast, a longtime friend of almost 30 years who has built an award-winning wedding bridal makeup company while managing her ongoing battle with endometriosis. Long time no see. Hi, how are you doing? Yeah, I'm good. Remember last time we saw each other? No. <laughs> it was like five years ago, we went for some lunch in Surbiton. Did we? Yeah, so I long did. ago, so long <laughs> ago. How's things been going? Good. Weddings have picked back up now, which is great. Yeah. So back to work, doing what I love. Yeah, it's been interesting. Whereabouts are you now? So I'm currently with my parents. Good old pandemic put me back here because obviously I lost all my income overnight. <laughs> so I'm here for a very short period of time. Um, I should be hopefully moving out very soon. So good. The world is my oyster. I don't know where I'm going to go, but... It must feel quite yeah. nice at going into summer and it's like prime time for you to be doing your job. Yeah, I love it. Where are you, by the way? Are you in the UK or are you in uh, Spain? I'm in Albania. Oh, you're in Albania. <laughs> As you do. <laughs> As you do. <laughs> well, the weather is beautiful currently and I did a wedding yesterday and it was awesome to be back. It was so good. I had to cut a veil. It's the first time I've ever had to cut a veil, but hey, okay. I... Cut it and it all went well, so it was good. So, yeah, you got into spring of last year. Because you've got a really good business, right? Explain what you do. So I am a hair and makeup artist, predominantly specialise in weddings, but we also do editorial. I've worked a lot with Tony and Guy, doing various different photo shoots and campaigns with them. And, yeah, for me, I started because I wanted to empower women. I know how it feels not to feel great in your own skin. Mm. And when I did hair and makeup for myself, I felt really empowered and I felt like I could take on the world. So, for me... Being able to give that gift to someone else was, yeah. You started that straight out of college? Straight out of college, yeah. So I left school, good old Fairfield. <laughs> uh, went into college and I studied beauty therapy and did a fashion and photographic makeup diploma alongside that. So the business is, what, like 12 years old now? 18. 18 years old. So you started straight away. You started your own business straight away. And then I can, you did some like work experience working elsewhere before you get some traction or so. Yeah, so I've worked for various different companies, Bobby Brown, Dermalogica, Jo Malone, Yves Saint Laurent. I was working as an account manager at Yves Saint Laurent when I was 17, and that's when I did my first wedding. And that's when I knew this is what I wanted to do. So I embarked on, you know, slowly but surely getting my clients, building a name for myself. And um, here I am 18 years later and Trying to recover from a pandemic. <laughs> yeah, completely. Have you been focusing your business mainly on Surrey and the London area? Or have you been for weddings, like for optimization, just for local business? So I have focused my business on Surrey predominantly, because I'm in Surrey, West Sussex, London and Hampshire. I get a lot of recommendations through people that I've worked with. So, for example, I had a lady come to me and she said, you did my makeup five years ago. I was a bridesmaid, hadn't even met my fiancé yet, but I knew that it was you that I wanted to do my wedding makeup. So that happens a lot. And, yeah, it really does blow my mind when people remember you and your work 
from many years ago and um yeah it still kind of overwhelms me uh, when i get those messages i expect the word of mouth for wedding makeup is so important like when they see you've done a really good job at their friend's wedding then they always have bridesmaids so you've already got like say what three or four recommendations straight away from that (laughs) you're like passing out your business card every wedding around the office there which is nice it's nice i think because my kind of makeup speaks to people because is that no makeup makeup but with a touch of glam Mm. because my brides they want to feel like themselves but they want to look their best so they don't want to be cake to makeup. They don't want to feel like they're somebody else on the day, but they do want to feel their utmost best. Mm. So for me, it's all about defining their features. It's all about defining the eyes and bringing out their natural beauty and the natural colours that I see within them. So their hair colour, their eye colour, and just enhancing what I see. And for me, I think that really speaks to a lot of people because a lot of my brides, they don't wear makeup at all. Mm. So the thought of having to have someone come in and do their makeup is really daunting for them because they don't know what to expect. It's a a no makeup makeup approach, I think. Is that (laughs) that how you try to pitch yourself? Because I can imagine it's quite competitive, uh, bridal makeup. It's so competitive. But there is that tendency to compare yourself to other artists. But I realised that it's not healthy and it's not good because at the end of the day, you are an artist, so you have your own style. Um, So for me, when I rebranded, so I rebranded back in February 2020, just before we went into lockdown. Yeah. which was yeah that was hard so when I rebranded I decided to stay true to who I am as an artist and who I am as an artist is like I say natural makeup but with a touch of glam there's always a bit of glam with me so uh, (laughs) that's what I love to like give why did you have the rebrand last year then didn't you feel like the website and the business had that look about it so you completely changed it (laughs) I felt that I had never really got my branding on point. My logo didn't speak to me. I was called CLJ Makeup previously, which really limited me to just makeup. I don't do just makeup. I do beauty. I do hair. I do hair extensions. So I wanted something that just encompassed me, really. And for me, London is like my happy place. (laughs) And I took inspiration from companies like The White Company, Joe Malone, Jimmy Choo, all of those beautiful high-end um, but really timeless brands. Their branding, they don't age. And when I look at those brands, I still get excited and I still want to know what they're doing. And that's what I wanted. I wanted something that was timeless, something that just spoke to people. And it speaks to my clientele really well, because I guess my clients are the ones that they're career focused. They love to treat themselves. They love to, you know, go for cocktails on a rooftop bar, that, that kind of client. So, yeah, I wanted my branding to encompass everything that spoke to me and spoke to them if that makes any sense at all yeah completely yeah it makes complete sense you wanted to appeal to a specific clientele a client base how did you navigate changing the brand slightly from last year you go just before covid's going to hit how did you navigate because i checked out your website as well because it is it's almost like a brand new website starting from a clean slate with traffic like 
how did that happen? Was it a smooth <laughs> transition minus COVID? So it has been, I'm going to need your help, actually. <laughs> okay. I'm glad we had this conversation. <laughs> because basically, I did want a fresh start. Yeah. I wanted to start again. But what I didn't realise is that when I did my website many years ago, CLJ Makeup, it had backlinks. Yeah. I knew nothing about backlinks. Of course, yeah. I knew nothing about SEO. And you're going to cringe at this. So I basically... Very naively, I just started a new website. Yeah, yeah, that's what I noticed because I was just doing some research on you because I remember you've been winning awards, right? You're recommended in many awards and I've seen you out and about promoting. So when I went to your website, I was like, how come there's no backlinks at all or any any traffic coming here? And then it realised that you just set up a completely new website. Stupid, yes. And that was the biggest learning curve for me throughout the rebrand. It was... and. I cannot find CLJ makeup anywhere. It's like it's gone into cyberspace. I don't know where it's gone. I've tried to track it. I've tried to locate it. So my goal moving forward is to, one, ask for your help. Yeah. (laughs) With what we can do for SEO. Um, And two, just be creating more blog posts, more, more content, and just getting more traction out there. I'm going to be taking on my first employee, wow. um, which is my brother's girlfriend. Um, I'm going to be taking her on to do all of the marketing and just basically my PA because I really do need it. I need someone to be on the emails. I need someone to be on the social media, helping me with um, content because I have all of these ideas, yeah. but I don't have the time or necessarily the skill set to be able to put all of these ideas into practice yeah creating content is just a pain in the ass to do it i have many lists of subject matters i want to write about but it kind of just get bottlenecks when you're trying to produce it and you just can't get it out you may get like a blog or two out and then you're stuck again for another month or six weeks until you get time to get around to doing it yeah, and I just get writer's block as well because if I am speaking, I think I can get my message across. But um, trying to to write that message and the tone of voice, I find really hard. Yeah. But and I wasn't particularly academic at school, not like yourself. <laughs> I was definitely a creative. So I think the confidence in my grammar and my writing skills isn't there. So that I struggle with. But what I'm trying to learn is that as you grow as a business you need to let go of the reins and you need to delegate and you need to bring people on board to be able to take you to that next level but it's really scary (laughs) yeah well at least writing is one of the it should be one of the least scariest parts to outsource and let someone else do you know you can always read it rewrite it and not publish it if it doesn't look too good whether whether it's something else like handling a customer or something then that is scary yeah this whole business has been my own hands besides getting someone involved in the logo they did my website for me and i even i've redone it so yeah (laughs) i was like "Mm -mm, i I need to say everything that i do i've done with my own hands and that is something i'm really proud of but I have to realise that I can't do everything if I want to grow to the level that I want to grow at. Of course. So So you've had your rebrand early last year. And then what was your calendar looking like 
before COVID. Before COVID, it was looking great. Yeah. It was, yeah, it was looking brilliant. We had a wedding season all lined up, weddings every weekend, really excited brides. And the weddings that I, I do, typically you've got three, four bridesmaids, mother of the bride, flower girls. So, you know, big weddings. And then obviously the announcement hit that we were going into lockdown and that was it, email after email after email postponements. So how, was that? Like, how does that work with... So they book with you. Are they paying the deposit? You've received part of the deposit for the wedding. And then how does that all play out? Because everyone kind of assumed it was just going to be a few weeks. We're just going to go into lockdown and it's going to pass over. So I gather everyone kind of went, I don't don't know how it works. You're planning for ages for a wedding, right? So it isn't like you can just delay it for three weeks and then get booked back in. Yeah, so um, a lot of what happened, so basically they pay for their hair and makeup trial. So that means they have their hair and makeup trial. If they decide that I'm not the right artist for them, then we can part our ways. I've been paid for the services um, that I have done and they have paid for the services received. We then go our separate ways and then they can find something someone else they're not you know i don't want to get into the paying for 50 percent of the wedding they then feel they need to cancel and yeah, yeah, yeah. it's just yeah, that sounds like a good, good setup to do it right so obviously we had all of these trials booked in we had all these deposits paid and all of a sudden we we're in lockdown so some companies i know were charging a fee to reschedule the day which is fine. That's their prerogative. That's their business. But for me, I want to help brides. It's a stressful situation. And I understand. So I just said that I will transfer their deposit to a new date. We don't know what the situation is. I was very relaxed about it. You let me know when you have rescheduled your wedding and I will do my utmost to make sure that I'm there. If I'm not there i have a a team of freelance artists so i subcontract them so if they can do a date that i can't do i'll then send them out on my behalf so actually we had no cancellations and we have managed to reschedule all of the dates and i think there was only a couple that i couldn't do but i've replaced them with artists so actually it worked it worked out really well so there wasn't like Um, um, there wasn't this phase where you were just having to find the funds to then start refunding people because that would have been just an absolute correct i couldn't i couldn't have done it i mean as it was covid has put me into financial ruin yeah it really has i had to lose my car Mm-hmm. Um, I've had to buy a second-hand car. I've got no savings left anymore. I had to move back in with my parents. I lost my independence there. So in terms of financials, it really has put me into financial ruin. I am starting again. Not only did I start the website again, mm-hmm. I'm now starting almost like a new business again. So, mm-hmm. um, But the good thing with all of this is that I now have the experience. So moving forward, I... It would like to go online with my own products. Mm-hmm. There could be periods coming up, heading into the winter and stuff, where we are back into semi-restrictive lockdown and stuff. Yeah, I've got a big road ahead of me to try and source products, something that I have not done before, right. trying to learn. But um, yeah, I mean, with everything, with business and entrepreneurship, you have to just find the way. You come up with an idea and then you just you explore and you find the way and you don't ever think to yourself, you know, I can't do this because it's 
no, how am I going to do this? How am I going to move forward with this? Yeah, um, and it's finding solutions. And I'm, I'm very much a solution finder rather than a give up and just throw my hands in the air and say, I can't do this. Yeah. Which obviously leads on to the endometriosis and all of that. Yeah, completely. So that's really great that everyone's booked in from last year. Yeah, and with more bookings since. With more bookings since. So now you've booked up for like the whole of spring, heading into the summer. Yeah, Um, and we're booking 2022 as well. Excellent. So, yeah, you've got a good road ahead. Yeah, yeah. Fingers crossed if we don't go back into another lockdown, things are looking great. Yeah, well, you'll have a solid Uh, summer to work with. Yeah, my approach differently is to, I'm going to be, like I say, reinvesting in the business and getting external help. Yeah. So I'll be hitting you up with the SEO. <laughs> okay, give me a message. So you've been doing this now for 18 years, you've been running your business. You've got a really yeah. good established geolocal presence, say London, Surrey, the southeast of the UK. You're getting yeah. awards and stuff. But at the same time, you've got your own health problems, health issues which we spoke about a few years ago. So that is with, I've been practicing how to pronounce it, but (laughs) endometriosis. This is an issue which you said you were experiencing during school, but it just went, it didn't get diagnosed for a lot later. Is that right? I was 25. Yeah, until you're, that's such a long time, right? Yeah, I was experiencing uh, problems from the age of 14. So actually, my first ever period, I was in the doctor's surgery because I woke up screaming in pain. And that was the start of a very long road to diagnosis. Is that quite rare for it to start so young? Or to have it so so bad so young? To have it bad, yeah. yeah. I was described by one doctor as a severe rare case. Which is something that you never want to hear. Um, But here we are. I've been reading about it a little bit and I remember the conversation we previously had. So do you want to describe a little bit about what you've been experiencing or the cycle of it and how, how it affects your life? So pain is something that I have to deal with every single day. I don't know life not in pain. I have constant back pain I have constant internal pain I have had nine operations now I'm waiting for my 10th operation Um, but one of my operations was a bowel resection so I had nine centimeters of my bowel removed because when they diagnosed me it was so severe that it had protruded through my bowel Uh, since that operation I have ended up with nerve damage to my bladder so now everyday life of just a normal thing of going to the toilet I have to strain to void my bladder um, which is very painful it's frustrating it makes me not want to drink as much because I'm in and out of the toilet and then I then get dehydrated so I get foggy there's um, more complications so it, yeah it can be really hard to then function. And when you're trying to function at such a high level and you've got such high ex- expectations of yourself, you can then end up berating yourself. And it's something that I've had to learn to stop doing. I have to 
give myself a break because I can have all of these goals with my business and then because I'm tired and I can't go out and work at my optimum I then get frustrated with myself and then berate myself for not doing enough and not succeeding enough and blah 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 blah. How, How does it affect your career that you're going for like you've got a full week of work scheduled coming up and it's it's really intense if your job it isn't like you can be a little bit moody at work or just really quiet it's a really high energy job everyone's super excited and then you're feeling a bit shit and you just want to be in bed (laughs) you do not want to be there and no fault of anybody's but how how do you balance that take a deep breath and say suck it up Mm. and it's like being an actress it really is you have to put on this brave face it makes it easier because I'm so passionate about my job and when I'm doing my job and I'm focused and I'm creating hair and makeup I'm not thinking about what I'm feeling I'm not thinking about the pain. I'm not thinking. I'm just solely focused on that, on that client. It's not until I stop and I get into my car and then I feel the physical effects. It's like, and it hits you. So that knocks you Um, out for a few days. Do you need a release? Yeah. So the good thing about my job is that I've managed to, to work it to a point where I know that I can expel this amount of energy for so long and then I need to take some time out and obviously with weddings I am pretty much done by I don't know say latest three Mm o'clock so I can then come home and then I can rest and I can do what I need to do self-care is something that I've had to take seriously it's something that I didn't take seriously until not so long ago but I've realized the importance of self-care to be able to then function so a lot of hot baths hot water bottles um i have like a diffuser where i try and just keep relaxed meditation and also making sure that i'm taking time out to do the things that i really enjoy um spending time with my friends spending time with my family making memories is like the most important thing for me so and just being creative so being able to have a balance between making sure there's plenty of good stuff in my life i can then work with the, the pain and it doesn't feel so bad if that makes any sense completely yeah 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 that makes complete sense it must be really hard trying to to run your business doing that and um it must be really hard to be waking up and not feeling 100 percent. is there specific scenarios where the condition gets worse and you know what to avoid yes stress <laughs> sure. also my diet i've had to take that really seriously red meat gluten so particularly bread i can get away with wraps i allow myself one form of grain as in wheat a day uh, so i can have i tend to stew for like a, a wrap or something and then i'll i'll try and keep the grains that i have as rice rather than wheat dairy is a big problem for me mm. um it not only does it make me bloat make me feel lethargic it brings my skin out and obviously as a hair and makeup artist people do look to you to have a certain level of your hair and makeup should be nice it should Mm. what's the word that i'm looking for i think in like presentable but you should be your product (laughs) and also it may feel like it's the opposite but i need to move 
Mm. I need to make sure that I am being physical when I can, because if I do lay down too much and rest too much, to then get up is really hard. Yeah. And I've bought little routines into my life to help me function. So I have morning routines. I have evening routines. And like I say, self-care is really, really important to me. There's certain things that I've had to cut out of my diet. There's, you know, replacements that I've had to find so that I still feel like I'm enjoying, but I don't feel deprived. But also my mind has been the biggest thing that I've had to work on because not only do you have the physical, you have the emotional and you have the depression, you have the anxiety, you have the unknown. Now it's a big topic, depression, anxiety, and it's one that I have suffered with for a really long time and I'm coming out the other side of it. But I've had to change the way that I view myself and my body. So, for example, instead of saying to myself, which I did for a long time, why me? Why do I have to have this condition? What is it? What have I done wrong? You know, why have I got all these hard cards that have been dealt to me? Um, Instead of thinking like that, I had to say to myself, why not me? Why not me? You know, I'm strong. I'm able. Maybe this is the reason that I have because I have a voice and I have a story to tell and I can speak and tell my story to help others. I can be an inspiration to others for them to look to me for help, support, guidance. And then also I kind of looked at myself as your body is so amazing. It is fighting every single day. The pain that you feel is its constant fight to protect you. You know, that bit of extra fat that I always hate around my middle it's there because it's protecting your organs and your body is amazing so why not give it a break stop being so hard on it and give it the things that it needs so that it can work with you instead of trying to fight against it yeah completely (laughs) and hating on it all the time right and i did for so long I used to look in the mirror again with the self-esteem issues and it cut ties into the makeup. So look in the mirror and not feel good enough. I used to compare myself to celebrities and not feel good enough. Um, and I'd have this condition, why me? And it was just a lot of self-pity and I had to go, no, enough is enough. Let's get your act together and let's turn this all into a positive. And that is what lockdown actually gave me. It gave me the time to focus on myself because I wasn't distracted with my business. I wasn't burying everything. I had to sit with myself and I had to say, enough is enough. Let's pull this stuff together. And I was going to um, ask that, is, is this is what happened during lockdown, is like your epiphany during that period? Right. Was yeah. it in the, I would imagine the initial part felt kind of dark with relaunching the business, COVID happening, and then you having to face your problems and sit there with them because work probably, yeah. as you said, work is actually acts as a really good distraction for you where you can forget about this so you having to sit in your room and if there's anything wrong with you if you're feeling down or feeling ill when you're just sitting at home you do feel just more shit you do have to get up and get going so it must have really just made you face it yeah and not only did i i go through that i also went through a breakup through lockdown as well so that was tough and it was actually that point that when he left that I just went, okay, 
I'm not doing this anymore. I'm going to fight for me and I'm going to... Because I think he he watched me go through... It was a very new relationship. A pandemic wasn't good for it. And... Actually, you have to talk to him then. You know, oh, shit, we haven't got anything <laughs> yeah, else they, to do. Yeah, they moved in with me in, uh, in lockdown with my parents. It was a very intense situation. And it was, it was actually that partner that we did the rebrand together. Right. It was him that listened to me and listen to my vision for the business and, and brought my branding to life so I have so much to thank him for actually um, and him walking away made me realize that I needed to be there for myself because I was too reliant on on external things to try and make me happy and I was looking for happiness in all of the wrong places yeah. and actually just taking the time out to just be by myself and go on this journey of self-love and self-discovery and deal with my mental health issues that I was struggling with deal with the depression deal with the anxiety in a strange kind of way I'm grateful to him for those lessons yeah. so yeah it was a lot so what was the outlook now for you then health wise and do you feel like you've come out this stronger with the lockdown you have a greater emphasis on your business being a completely new new brand almost so you've got this fresh start here how are you feeling and what is the outlook with your health i'm excited like i'm so excited um i'm still on a waiting list. I'm on a priority waiting list for operation number 10. So I have got surgery to undertake. I currently, my left ovary is stuck to my womb. I have adenomyosis as well as endometriosis and I've got a fibroid. Obviously, I was very anxious going into surgery because you don't know what they're going to find. You don't know what's going to happen. You don't know what they're going to need to do. And I've had to give consent twice before for a stoma bag. Yeah. that's how serious um yeah, it that must, is um that's really scary. scary yeah really scary to be signing something like that going for an operation and not quite sure how you're going to wake up and what condition you're going to be in right yeah so that then makes me scared because right I've got all of this responsibility I've got this business I've got these weddings coming up I need to work on my optimum and I don't know when the date's going to be they just say three to four months and you just have to wait so I've got I've got that coming up but in terms of the business I'm really excited because I finally feel like I'm in a really good headspace I have done so much work um and I feel like I've expanded my knowledge in terms of how to make this grow bigger. And it's very scary when you are this one person and you've got this vision for this brand and it all relies on you. I think the fear stopped me a lot and the the not feeling good enough and the, you know, like I said, the woe is me kind of mentality. It made me stop pushing myself as much as I, as I can to be able to expand this business. So my mindset is in the right place and yeah I'm just really excited I'm not scared to take that next level mm. I think I've been sitting here knowing that my potential is up here but because I'm scared I've just stayed here yeah so yeah it's, it's I've unlocked that those walls and those barriers that are within me and I'm going to push it forward and take it to the next level and definitely when you're What's working the- by yourself as well <laughs> you generally don't you don't have ideas to bounce things you don't have people to bounce ideas off And you're always not sure if it's the right step you're doing or you're investing your time and money into something which might not work. But when you have a job, you're all pulling in one direction and you're all working to fulfil this achievement for this role. But when you're by yourself, 
you don't, it's the uncertainty. You're not sure if it's going to pay off and you don't know how work's going to go next year. Like the unexpected of a pandemic is just, it's just mental. And then you've just got to rely on yourself that things will be okay again in a few months' time. Um, how am I going to expand? Is this the right idea to expand? How would I fund it? So, yes, it can be quite scary. Yeah, but I'm not going to let the fear win and I'm going to keep pushing forward because I will not feel fulfilled unless I push myself and this business to the vision that I have for it. Yeah. I will feel like I didn't do enough and I will feel like, you know, I had all these ideas and I didn't make it happen. I've got this one life. I want to take every single opportunity that I can to do the things that make me happy. And I think that's the, the biggest thing with the condition is don't let it stop you. Yeah. Because I could just say, I've got this condition and let it define me, but I'm not. My condition is not me. Me is someone who goes out there, makes people feel beautiful, gives someone that gift of being able to look in the mirror and say, wow, I feel amazing. Like, that's why I get up every day. That's why I do what I do. Because making other people feel beautiful makes me happy. So, yeah, I will not let endometriosis define me. What is the end goal of this next operation? Do they have, like, a plan in mind that you get to a position where you won't have to have as many operations in the future or you'll be able to live a more pain-free life is that actually achievable i don't think a pain-free life is achievable because of all the operations that i've had can you get it lower at all is it is that a possibility or is it just Um, about managing managed um, but unfortunately the nerve damage it's done i can't do and the scar tissue it's there with every operation that you have you run the risk of more scar tissue, more nerve damage. Um, So I've had nine operations now, and they're big operations, very invasive. So it is just a case of finding things that you can manage the pain, alternative therapies, and just managing. I think what they're trying to do, and it's a real, I might get emotional here because it's a real pain point for me, What they're trying to do is they're trying to maintain my fertility. Mm -hmm. But with every operation I have, the chances of of children, it goes down. Now, I still hope that I can with IVF. But now as a single woman, Mm -hmm. (laughs) 35, that is something that, that scares me. I I never thought that I would be that person that thought, oh, my time is ticking. Mm. You know, I never thought that that would be in my story, but time is ticking and I do want to have children. I've always wanted to have children and I don't know if I can. And the reality of that is so great that sometimes I can't even process it. Um, And I want to bring children into the world in a very loving stable relationship and we all know how hard it is to find (laughs) find that so yeah it's something that weighs heavy on my mind and all they can do at this point because I haven't had children is to try and manage the pain and try and preserve my fertility something that I will be discussing with my doctors is 
what are my options now that I am 35? Because when I went in to have my first operation at 25, it was a fear of mine. Fertility is, is affected with endometriosis. And she said, oh, don't worry, you're only 25. You've got at least until you're 35. Yeah. Well, now I'm 35. <laughs> yeah, oh, like, that creeped up. Okay, now what? <laughs> that did creep up. It crept up really quickly. And now what? The anxiety of the unknown in terms of fertility in children is great. And like you say, it's something that is very hard for me to process. But I hear stories of people being successful with IVF, being successful naturally. But it is something that concerns me because my case is rare and it is severe. So, yeah. And you're averaging, that's like um, you had your first operation at 25. It's working out one a year at the moment, right? Right. Yeah. So it's quite, it's quite advanced. It just, just loves to, loves my bowels. It just loves to grow there. Yeah, I was just doing some research as well, and it said um, doctors aren't quite sure what, what causes it. They, they have many different theories, and it, it just kept saying, or maybe, or maybe, and it was just another reason after one after the other. Right. Hence the reason that I do all of the runs and the charity um raising money for endometriosis UK so that we can get some research, so that we can figure out more about this condition. And the thing that is apparent is that every single case is so different. Right. So different. So you could have minimal endometriosis, but really severe pain, or a lot of endometriosis and not be in so much pain. It's very different. Yeah. Um, which is why we love, as endo sisters, we call ourselves endo warriors, endo sisters. We love to come together and share our stories because the more that is known about it and the more that we speak up, hopefully they will listen and, and, and we'll get more research and, you know, we can we can figure out because this condition affects one in 10. It's as common as diabetes, which is crazy to me. Yeah, yeah. And it's crazy to me that we're not talking about it in schools so we have obviously the, the sex education and you know girls talked to about periods and you know what to expect and yes they're going to be painful and that's all they say they don't say that this pain with endometriosis that is so severe is not normal yeah. and they don't teach girls in school about endometriosis. So if I had been taught about it, I would have recognised the signs and I would have gone to my doctors and I would have been more persistent in trying to get my diagnosis. Instead, I went to a doctor, I trusted their judgment because they're the doctor, they know best. And you just trust that what they're saying is correct. But because I kept having these problems and um, kept experiencing this pain um, that wasn't normal, I was put on the pill at age 14 because my periods were so heavy and so painful. You know, I just I just accepted that. And you do kind of suffer in silence. So It must be super when, confusing at that age. So confusing. And that's what I do. I don't want my story, which is so common, by the way, um, I don't want my story to be so common in the future. So I speak out and I share my story because I want the younger generation to know that it's not normal. This the pain that I'm experiencing is not normal and you shouldn't suffer and you shouldn't be curled up in a ball. I mean, I passed out and threw up from the pain. That's not normal. Mm -hmm. And when I went to the doctors and told her about that, she said, oh, you're just having spasms. Here's some cream for your rectum. <laughs> you're like, great. <laughs> what? Hang on a sec. I've passed out and thrown up and you think I'm having a spasm. How 
how is a cream going to rectify the situation? Excuse the pun. Yeah. Um, but I just couldn't understand. I couldn't comprehend it. And the more I went to the doctors, at one, the same doctor, she said to me, uh, I think you need some counselling. You're one messed up kid. Really? <laughs> no joke. And that's the thing. They say it's all in our heads. Yeah. And it's not all in our heads. So we need research. We need awareness. And we need education in schools. If it's called um, earlier... Can you manage it easier if it's caught earlier? Is that, yes. yeah, it yes. can be managed yeah, yeah, yeah. better if it's because caught Because if, if you imagine with every single, so it's endometrial tissue growing outside of the womb. Mm-hmm. Now, as you say, there's lots of theories, but with every period and with every month that passes, that's more endometrial tissue that's going to build up. Right. So the longer that it's left, like me, 11 years, I was in a mess. I had it everywhere. My fallopian tube was twisted, my ovaries were touching, and yeah, it was bad. So if it can be diagnosed earlier, then it can be treated earlier and it can be managed. Yeah. Because this is this is condition is all about managing it because there's no cure. Is diagnosis is that quite invasive to diagnose it? The only way to diagnose endometriosis, which is obviously probably why they're quite reluctant to do it, is because you need to have a laparoscopy. Now, a laparoscopy is where they put gas into the abdomen and then they use um, tools like keyhole surgery to then go in and investigate what's going on. Um, And obviously, it's expensive, it's time-consuming, and they don't want to put anyone forward if it's not necessary. So. I guess they really do need strong evidence before they're going to put you through that. It'd be really traumatic, wouldn't it? Right. As a a young teenager to be going through that. Yeah. But in my case, I wasn't even sent for a scan. There was no investigations into my symptoms at all. It wasn't until I had a new doctor who was new in her profession and she said, have you been sent for a scan? And I said, no. So she sent me for a scan and I had a cyst on my ovary that was three centimetres. And she said, right, we don't normally do anything until it gets to five centimetres. Let's bring you back in six weeks. Let's see what it's doing. And then we'll reassess the situation. I went back in six weeks. It had doubled. It had gone to six centimetres. They said, right, we're going to take you in we're going to remove it so there's me thinking hallelujah this is like this, this is the issue. it was just a system my ovary. Yeah. Like, all, all is all is well this is the end to it all yeah they went they took me it was the epson hospital they took me in they they took one look at me and went oh no no we're referring you to mr kent at the world sorry in guildford you need a specialist and you're going to need two operations to sort this out so i had one operation to kind of sort untwist things then I had to have the big operation which was the bowery section and I had to be put on something called solidex which basically suppresses your estrogen hormone so there's so much that goes into this into this condition and the treatments that are available but this solidex treatment put me into a menopausal state so to be in a menopausal state for eight months at 25 was horrific um the effect of hormones on your mind on your body i felt like my personality changed which is a common thing with menopause hot sweats hot flushes emotions running high it was tough and the thing is nothing prepares you for it nothing 
even having the injection which they put into the fatty tissue on your belly is so painful it's so painful and we're dealing with all of this whilst dealing with life and, and and business and luckily there's the endometriosis uk for support but it is a lot for these women to go through yeah, um and just just not much is known about it and people don't speak about it so thank you for allowing me to have a platform to be able to speak oh, and to be able to get the story it's been across. Great to catch up catch up and find out about running your business, how COVID's affected that, and of course, how this has affected your life and running your business as well. It's super hard to have such a health issue like that and be able to turn up for work each day with a smile on your face and get through it. It's just a lot easier just to lie in bed and say, oh, fuck it, I'm just going to be in bed for a few days. Just get right. over it. So do you have your 10th operation like scheduled for a few months' time? Hopefully yeah, that's... Yeah, I, I gather you're just hoping that's in the autumn, right? I gather you get a bit more quiet at work in the autumn. Yeah. And then, um, yeah. and then how long do you have for recovery? How long does it normally take for you to get back on your feet? It all depends on what they find. It all depends on how intensive the surgery is. My bowel resection was the most intense recovery I've ever been through. That was six months plus. Oh, wow. I wouldn't wish that on anyone it was the pain was so severe that I remember saying and this is deep I remember saying to my mom this is too much I want to die that is how painful it was I just I couldn't get through but you do obviously and your body is amazing and it and it does its thing and it recovers but I was so sick so sick but then I've had other operations where I've got back up in a few days because Mm. I think the biggest thing going into an operation is being strong. So that's why I put so much emphasis on diet and exercise to be physically strong to then be able to pull you out the other side. But the Bowery session, like I say, that was horrific. That was so long. And then other times it can be two weeks. It just depends on where the endometriosis is, how extensive it is. Yeah, everything's such an unknown with it, right? So you don't know how you're going to be from one day to the next. You don't know how long the recovery is going to be from the operation. You don't know when you'll get the operation. So everything's just like, wait and see how I feel at the time, I suppose, and see what happens. Right. Yeah, I mean, luckily, my personality, happy-go-lucky, just fly by the seat of my pants kind of girl, yeah. I can deal with it. But, you know, you just you just have to, I mean, I'm quite a laid-back person in some respects. But, yeah, it is what it is. That is one of my biggest things. It is what it is. Yeah. Like, that's just how I, and another saying that I say, and people who know me will know, know I say this all the time, but what is for you will not go by you. So, you know, what will be, will be, like, that's just the mentality that I have to have with this, just to deal with it. Yeah. I realised very early on that you can't plan. No, you can't. it doesn't sound like you can plan at all. <laughs> you just have to roll with it and show up. That's yeah. it. So, like I say, I've got my, my certain routines that I do every day. I've got my morning routine. I've got my evening routine. I've got things that I need in my life to make me function i've got i know what's important to me i know what i need to do to make me happy and it's all about managing we manage (laughs) you get through it tell me where people can firstly find your business if they are looking for bridal makeup and then how do they 
reach out to you and contact you regarding your story if they have similar stories to you? Yeah, so my website is dlj-ldn.com and I have got an Instagram page called The Endo Fight and that is where I tend to share most of my endometriosis story. One day I will have a blog and a, and a YouTube channel um, just because I think it's really important to have those um, socials on there just to get more out there, get more more knowledge. But it's on that to-do list, that to-do list that never seems to be done. Well, this is, um, the, first, this is the first one, right? This is the first one. This will be going up on YouTube. So this is the first step. Yeah, it is, which is amazing. I'm, yeah, I'm very excited for people to to hear the story and to know that um, any, anything is possible. I just think that you've just got to get your mind right. It's getting your mind your mindset right and just and doing what you can when you can. Yeah. Um, and like I say, every case is different, and there are women out there that I know that are in much more debilitating uh way than i am and they you know we're we're talking wheelchair bound we're talking can't physically get out of bed but my heart goes out out to those girls and you know i I always sending love and strength to those that need it and i just i just hope that they find something within their life whether that's something really small, but to just bring them that everyday bit of happiness and know that they are the inspiration that kind of keeps me going and keeps me living my life to the fullest because I need to live the people that can't get up every day because otherwise I would just be wasting. Um, I can't, I can't sit around and feel sorry for myself. I've got to, I've got to do what I can for those that can't. So um, yeah, they are, they are inspiration to me. Yeah, completely. And hopefully someone who is having problems right now and isn't aware of this um, will go get themselves checked yeah. out and understand it a bit better. Yeah, and reach out. Reach out to me. My, I always say my DMs are always open. I'm always here to listen and I get it. I understand. And sometimes just not feeling alone can really make the difference. And yeah, I don't want anyone ever to feel alone. It's a tough condition and it it drains you physically and it drains you mentally. And I think just having someone that understands what you're you're going through, really, because you can't physically see that there's anything wrong. No, you no. can't see my condition. So sometimes it's just it's just being understood that makes all the difference. I think that is one of the hardest things is that you don't know when people are having a hard time, whether that be with depression feeling ill, health issues, you never know. Like You turn up for work, you turn up wherever you are at the shop or for a drink or something, and you put on a smile and no one knows actually what is how you're feeling or what's behind those doors. Right, yeah. Now that I'm in a better place, I do. I try to just be positive and just shine positivity and just kindness and also remain humble and, and grounded. And Yeah, I just I think kindness, kindness wins every time. It doesn't cost a thing to be kind. <laughs> but, so Well, thanks, Carrie. It's been good catching up with you. I've enjoyed it. Enjoy oh, seeing you again. Oh, good. <laughs> I'm glad. And, um, yeah, I'll uh, next time we'll catch up with you and see what's new with you because yeah, I'd uh, love to hear about what's going on in your world. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah, that'd be great. And keep us updated with what's happening. It'd be great to talk to you again, find out what's happening in your journey for business Absolutely. and your health. Absolutely. Yeah, I can't wait, can't wait. But thank you. Thank you so much. And um, yeah, I'll speak to you real soon. Speak to you soon, Carrie. Bye. Bye.
Thanks for listening to our latest episode. I really hope you found it useful and please connect with Carrie directly if you resonate with anything we have covered today. Please remember to subscribe to our channel on all major platforms for further episodes. Thank you.